0: We are learning the Sikha of Karsha Svayelach, the third Sikha in Chelech Yutes. And here we learn the Posuk, where we are told that Moshe wrote down the Torah and gave this Torah to the Kohanim and also to the elders. The words of the Posuk are as follows. Hazos. Moshe wrote this Torah, wrote down this Torah. HaKohanim B'nei Levi, and he gave it to the Kohanim, descendants of Levi, from Shevet Levi, and knows him as Hashem, who carry the Arun, the Zikne Yisrael, and to all the elders. And here we're going to try to understand why does the Pasak mention that these Kohanim were B'nai Levi. That's something we know. And when we speak about Kohanim and what they do, we don't normally connect them necessarily to the fact that they were the B'nai Levi who carried the Aurum Bris Hashem. And the Rebbe in the beginning of the sikhah notes that the rugged asked this question and pointed out that in the earlier in the chumash in this chumash we have at the end of Parshas Shoftim the story and the law of an Rufa, which is a halacha that relates to a a person who was found who had died and nobody knows uh, where the person was from or what happened to the person and we have a whole set of laws of what's done there, and that involves the kohanim coming, and there the kohanim are also called b'nai levi. And there we learn from the Medrish that the reason it says b'nai levi is because for this service, unlike most of the services that kohanim did, we were able to use any Kohan, any Kohan was able to come and should come and participate in this ritual. Because certain times there are kohanim who can't perform the service if they have a certain flaw which the Torah calls a mum or other situations that arise that make them not qualified to do a service at a certain time. But in the case of this mitzvah, when it says b'nei levi, it comes to teach us that this is not really that kind of avoda and they are able to participate. They have to participate in this particular ritual. But he does not answer this question. And the Rebbe tells us that Gowan himself does not answer this question. the Rebbe tells us that if we look into Rashi in Chumash on this pasuk, like we do, oftentimes find many times in Rashi wondrous things in Yonim Mufloim, in all parts of Torah that we find in the Rashi. So here too, when we look carefully at Rashi's interpretation of this pasuk, Rashi's Pshuto Mikra, the literal meaning of the pasuk, we will be able to answer this question, and that is what happens in the Sicho. We're going to learn the Rashi, and we're going to see how Rashi indicates to us what the answer is. So let's take a look at the Rashi. Rashi stops at the words, Vayich Moshe, that Moshe wrote this Torah, etc. cetera, Vayitna, and he gave it. So Rashi says, rakula. He gave this Torah when it was absolutely complete. The whole Torah had been written. Nasna That is when he gave it to the members of his tribe to shave it, lady. Rashi says Why does Rashi have to say that it was given after it had been completed? Because we could think it says that Moshe wrote the Torah and he gave it to them. So perhaps we can think that's as far as he got in the writing. He got up. He got up to this point in the chumash, and the torah that was given to them was not completed and that those things were maybe written in later so rashi tells us that he gave it to them when it was absolutely completed so now we understand what he gave but then rashi adds the words nosna livnei shifto. he gave it to the members of his shaphat of his tribe and this is seemingly unnecessary because the pasuk itself tells us that he gave it to them. He gave it to the kohanim, as we just read earlier in the beginning, kohanim b'nei levi, aron, the gomer, the ones who carry the aron. So what is Rashi coming to tell us here? If Rashi is coming to tell us that kohanim are the ones that are being referred to when it says b'nei shifto, his shavit in general so now when it says kohanim b'nei levi and we have it earlier and there it doesn't mean ko, the shavit levi in general when it says kohanim b'nei levi in other places it means specifically kohanim and in like we just read by the egla rufa if we look it up over there we find that when it says that those kohanim have to come and do whatever it is that they have to do it indicates kigamba bamba har hashem Hashem chose them to serve him, to bless the yidden. And they are the ones who are meant to be waiting there for the people to come. If they have arguments, they have disputes, they have questions about if it's a ras, if, a taras, if a, something on the skin that could be considered a saras is tahor, if it's pure or if it's not. And there it specifically means kohanim, not leviyim. And it's written kohanim leviyim in different parts of the Torah, and it always means kohanim. So how, why, as Rashi says originally, kohanim, when we speak about the Levi'im earlier, kohanim ha-leviyim, kohanim come from shevet levi, so we call them kohanim Levi'im. But here, when it says he gave them to the kohanim b'nai levi, it means his shevet. It would indicate his whole shevet. But the pasuk says he gave it to the kohanim. So what is going on here? So even though the pasuk does conclude and says, these kohanim carry the aron, and we know that the ones who carried the aron were not the kohanim, where they didn't travel. The ones who carried were the Leviim. So some Farshim say it's it says kohanim, the children of Levi, because how were the Leviim even able to carry the aron? They were not allowed to touch it, they were not allowed to prepare it for carrying, they were not allowed to move it. So maybe it means the kohanim, who were the ones who would prepare the aron and they would put it onto the, the they would prepare it that the Leviim would be able to carry it. As we learn, that's what was done in Chumash Midbar. And even though this parish may leave room for some questions, but it seems to fit to answer the pasuk, Because then we know Kohanim Bnei Levi would mean the Kohanim who came from Levi. But really the whole Shevet Levi was not the one who carried it. So what are we talking about? Or were they the only ones who did not get the Torah? The rest of the Jews all got the Torah because the Pasuk tells us that the Torah was given to the Kohanim Bnei Levi, and it was also given to the elders. And the elders were obviously the one who gave it to the rest of the yidn. So this might indicate, perhaps, that the Kohanim who would prepare the Aron would get the Torah, and all every other Shevet would get the Torah, but the Kohanim who, the Leviim who were not the ones who would carry, who would carry the Aron, they didn't get the Torah. That's a question that arises: Why would the part of the Shevet be left out? So therefore, Rashi comes and says, emphasizes nasna when the torah was completed nasna livne shifto. that the fact that moshe gave the torah to the kohanim it means that it was meant for the entire shavit because just these kohanim who received the torah were the ones who ensured that the entire shavit levi would receive the sefer torah just like the elders would ensure that every member of their very each individual relative respective tribe would also get the torah therefore the pasuk when it says ha kohanim bnei levi because this kohanim who received this torah this is what we learn out from this rashi the torah was not meant just for the kohanim who are bnei levi but they are kohanim who come from levi and they are in charge of Shavat Levi. They are the elders of Shavat Levi and they would be representing their Shavit So even though very often we distinguish between the Kohanim and the rest of the Shavit because they have a very special mission and their mission is different from the mission of every other Yid. But in the case here where we see that the Torah was given to them it was not only because they were kohanim, but in addition to their being from Shevat Levi, they also have the advantage of being kohanim. And how do we know that this is so? So we can go back, the Rebbe is going to show us uh, two other instances in the Torah where we have such a situation, and we're going to see that the kohen or Aharon is very much connected to the shevet and the first one is and very much an integral part of that shevet so one of the first thing the rebbe brings is from a rashi in parashas in chumash bamidbar so earlier on in chumash bamidbar we learn about the setting up of the mishkan how they would travel how they would camp and then after that we learned that the mishkan had been set up and each one of the elders and each one of the and each one of the leaders of the tribes brought gifts for this Mishkan. As a matter of fact, the Torah lists each Nasi of each tribe and tells us exactly what they brought. And the Torah repeats the same thing 12 times. And when that story is over, we go on to Parsha's Bahaloscha. And in Parsha's Bahaloscha, we begin by Hashem telling Aaron how to light the menorah. And Rashi asks over there, why would the parsha of the lighting of the menorah come directly after the parsha that comes to teach us about the fact that each one of the naseem of every shevet brought a gift to the newly dedicated Mishkan? And there Rashi says a very interesting thing. That when Aaron, Lefish Aaron Chanukah when Aaron saw that all the naseim all the great leaders of all the Shvatim came and brought special gifts for the Mishkan. And he had nothing to do with this. He was not involved with this. Not he. He didn't come to bring anything. and his entire tribe did not come to bring anything. And Abraham felt very distressed. And Hashem said to Aaron, Shalcha gedola mishalahem. I swear to you that the thing that you're going to be doing for this mishkan is even greater than what they're doing that you are able to light the candles to prepare the candles to light the candles and make the whole menorah function in a beautiful manner and this begins to show us that the job of lighting the menorah is exclusively the job of Aaron, exclusively the job of a kohen, and yet we see here that it applies to the whole shevet because Hashem says to him, "You, you were upset that you and your shevet were not part of it, and you felt very bad." So Hashem says, "No, this is how you and your whole shevet are going to be involved." So here we see that Aaron is very much integrally related to the shevet. And he was concerned that he and his shevet could not partake of those gift-giving festivities. And here Hashem tells him, no, it belongs to you and your shevet, even though he, as the Kohen, is the only one who's going to light the menorah. And that's the job of the Kohanim. Another story in the Chumash, where we have a similar kind of discussion, is in the Machlokas of Korach. After Korach fought against Moshe fought against the Kahuna. And after all the things happened in that story to prove that Moshe Rabbeinu was right and you cannot fight over the Kahuna, Hashem told Moshe to go over to every Shevet and to take from every Shevet their staff, that he should have 12 such Matos, 12 such staffs. And on the on the staff of Aaron, he should write that this is the Shevet of Levi. And then the Pasuk adds, because there is one staff for this entire Shevet. And Rashi even says over there, one staff for each Shevet, one staff for Shevet Levi. Rashi says, even though I split Shevet Levi into two families, there is the family of the priests of the kohanim. They're one family. And there is the family of the Leviim. That's another family. Each one is separate and distinct. Nonetheless, shevet echadhu. They are one. So here, we also here, also here we see that the kohanim are very much integrally connected to the levi'im. Now we can begin to Now we can begin to understand the following. If we go back to what we mentioned in the beginning about the medrash in Parsha Shoftim, that there when it says that the kohanim should approach and do their job, and they are called kohanim b'nei levi, the medrash that the Rebbe quotes in the sicha that is quoted over there is that it also includes all the Levi'im, also those who have a mum, because just like those kohanim who have a mum, who may have a certain defect or certain flaw even though they are kohanim and many of the laws of kohanim apply to them but they're still called Zorim. they're still called strangers as far as certain services of the kohanim are concerned for example if the kohen is not allowed to serve in the bay and he's still a kohen and he's still beneath levi and it's one shavet but he is considered a stranger, in terms of the actual act of service that he would have done had he have been allowed to do with it, so it's one shevet. So too, we have been a Levi, that when we speak about the shevet Levi, it refers to everyone. And similarly, over here, when we give the sefer, when Moshe Rabbeinu gave the sefer Torah to the Kohanim, it wasn't only because they are holy and they are the Kohanim and they have this special holiness attached to them, but also because they are b'nai levi, also because they are kohanim that also incorporate within themselves the very inyan, the very idea that is behind shevat levi, even though a levi is not allowed to do the work of a Kohain, and he is considered a zar, a stranger as far as a Kohen is concerned. Still, he is a levi, and the Kohan is very much a part of him. But now that Rebbe says we still have a question. The question is very simple, that something here is still not so clear, and that is, even because the Kohanim are, the fact is that they have been separated from the Leviim, and therefore it's a separate gift of Leviah, not a gift of Kahuna. How come they were the Kohanim did not get the Torah separately? Why were, in other words, why, why, why was it that they did not get the Kohanim who are part of Levi? Why is it that they did not get the Torah as Kohanim, and not only as members of Shevet Levi? And we have the same question in the uh, in the previous two things that we mentioned, when we have the lighting of the Menorah, which is sort of replacing the Chanukas Hamishkan of the Leviim, And we have the story of the machlokas of Korach. How come the Kohanim were not separated when the staffs were given, even though we see that they are separate from each other. And really, in truth, we would think that in the three instances we just mentioned, the giving them of the Torah now, the story of the lighting of the menorah where Aaron was not part of it, and also the story of Korach. So let's see. When we talk about Shevet Levi, the Torah tells us about them. And this is, I think, in the bracha that Yaakov gives the, that Moshe Rabbeinu gives the shvatan before he dies. So what's the bracha to Shevet Levi? Moshe says, Yorum That shevet, This is what Moshe said to Levi, that the descendants of Shavat Levi will teach the Torah to Yaakov. They'll teach the laws and they'll teach the Torah to all the Jewish people. So the job of Shevat Levi is to teach Torah. Nonetheless, even though Kohanim are part of Shevat Levi and this blessing which they get, this special task which they get is for the whole Shevat Levi. Nonetheless, the Kohanim are distinctly different. And when it comes to certain situations of teaching the Torah tells us, as we learn in the Shoftim, that if people have an issue that has to be resolved, who do they come to? You come to the Kohanim, and the Kohanim will tell you if what you want to know, if is pure or impure, they'll tell you if you want to know how to solve a dispute, they'll tell you, and you must follow what they tell you according to the law that they teach you. And the apostle continues and says, and according to what they say, every argument and every suspicious looking thing on the skin uh, applies only to kohanim so obviously even though kohanim are very much a part of shavad levi they are different they have a very special task in the general task of teaching torah which the Leviim do not have and why was it that when Moshe rabbeinu gave them the torah he gave it to them specifically as b'nei levi like we just explained rather than together with the rest of the levium, And similarly, with the story of the lighting of the menorah. So the lighting of the menorah we established, especially for Kohanim, nobody else. As Rashi says to Aaron, sha'ata madlik, you are the one who lights the menorah, and the other Leviyim do not light the menorah. In that case, they're like all other Yidin, so, therefore, the Levium should have had, the rest of the Levium should have had a participation in the dedication of the Mizbeach, and they didn't. And when it came to Korach, what was Korach's complaint? Korach's complaint was, he said to Moshe, all the Jewish people are holy, kulam kedoshim, and Hashem is amongst them, so who do you and Aaron think, who do you think you are? So, Korach's Problem was not really with Shaved Levi, with the whole Shaivat. Korach himself happened to be a Levi. What he was arguing about was specifically the Kahuna, which seems to be something specific. As Korach was told, you also want as Korach said, you, you have to keep the Kahuna for yourself also. And the staffs that were given were supposed to be put into the Mishkan as something to be kept there for always as a sign that one does not come and fight against the kahuna. Whatever Hashem said about the kahuna is so, and nobody who's not a Kohen, including the Leviim, are not allowed either to go and quarrel to be part of the kahuna. So then, shouldn't the kohanim have had a staff for themselves? So on the one hand, we indicate that these kohanim are getting the Torah because they are part of Shevet Levi and therefore they represent all the levium and the levium are part of it because if it comes to them, it's also for them. And we've just seen how they are very much a part of it in different things that we mentioned. And yet on the other hand, we see that they are distinct in very specific pointed places. So why here would it be that the Kohanim would not have their own staff, that the Kohanim here who are given the Torah are being incorporated as part of Levi. So here the Rebbe brings an answer, and the answer, of course, is based on the inner understanding of how things work. And this shows us a tremendous insight into what a Kohen is, what a Levi is, and what it means for all of us. And the Rebbe says like this, that even though the Kohanim and the Leviim are a step above the rest of all the Yidin in terms of their service of Hashem, and they are much more removed from matters of olam hazeh. They are not so much involved in physical matters as the rest of the yidn. Nonetheless, there is still a difference between a kohen and the levi. And the Rebbe tells us as follows. A kohen is not allowed ever to become impure, and the kohen is therefore not allowed to, to become impure to a person who dies, the worst kind of impurity but a levi does not have that prohibition. So in when it comes to matters of tumma, and not only that tumma, many other tumos as well. This is the most severe of all. So why do we see that when it comes to matters of kudusha, holiness, tara, purity, a kohen is completely separated from those things. He's not allowed to have any connection to those things. And he has to make sure that he will not become tume. Whereas a Levi, he's allowed to become Tame. He does have a special job and he has to be poor when he does it. But otherwise, he is allowed to be Tame. So we see that even though the Kohanim and the Leviim are from the same shavat, and they're the same in the sense that they are distinct from the rest of the Yidden in terms of what they may do and what they may not do, yet there is a great difference between the Kohan and the Levi. Similarly, when we come to the Kohen himself and the Levi himself, because we learn that in every single Yid, there is a Kohen and there is a Levi. Each one of us can do the work of the Kohen and the work of the Levi in a spiritual sense, and each Yid can get close to Hashem. So in the soul of a Yid, there is something that's representative of the Kohen. In the actual nefesh of a Yid, that refers to that part of the Yid that no Tuma can ever touch. And the part of the Neshamah that's representative of the Levi is that level where Tuma can touch. The Levi is allowed to be Tome. And if one has a situation where one does become Tome, one has the task of nullifying that Tuma, by immersing in a mikvah. So the levi could still go on to do the avoda. So the Kohen is originally, initially not allowed to allow himself to become tamay. And we know that the word t'vila, and to immerse in a mikvah, is the same letters as the letters of bitul, which means to nullify. So the levi must nullify that tumma. So the Rebbe points out that if we want to put this into other words, or we want to use the words of the tanya. So there we learn that Kohen refers to a person's status in serving Hashem, where everything is perfect. It's beautiful. If there has, it's all, There's we don't see any bad. If it ever existed, it was transformed. Like we learn in Tanya about certain foods that are harsh and sharp, which are not perfected. But then there are certain foods that are just delicacies because they are sweet by nature they're just good and tasty and wonderful that's what is represented by kohane a connection only to the good and beautiful things the spiritual things to godly things and then there is the work of the levy which which is to bend things in other words you break the bad like the kinds of foods that come from very sharp or sour things but you know exactly how to season them and exactly how to enhance their flavor. So in a sense, the coin represents a life where there isn't no bad, and the lady represents a kind of life where there is negative forces, but it is possible to take those negative forces and to do something positive with them. And now we can understand how the, the three things that we spoke about a few minutes ago that separate Kohanim from the Levian, because the purpose of these three things that we mentioned, whether it was the fact that Aharon felt bad that he couldn't participate in the dedication of the Mishkan or whether it's the fact that Korach was fighting against Shevat Levi or anything of that nature. So what do we see? And we find or the sticks, the the staffs that were put into as a memorial and a warning not to fight against the kohuna. So all of these things actually came to rectify something that was originally not desirable, came to rectify something that represents the Levi dimension of the Avoda of a Jew, not the Kohan dimension. So therefore, even the Kohanim. When we sp- spoke about them, we call them kohanim b'nei levi. In that sense, we're trying to point out something about these kohanim that is not related directly to the fact that they are kohanim, but that they are connected to the Levim. So let's see. We spoke about three things. The first one was in our parsha, where Moshe completes a Torah and gives it over to the kohanim. Who are the kohanim? They are b'nei levi. What was the purpose of this Torah that Moshe was giving to them? Was it being given to them as something to study? So we learn from the context in which the story of the writing and handing over of this Torah appear, it was really to warn them and to keep them away from behavior that's not what Hashem wants, undesirable behavior. And that's why, if you notice, the story of the giving over, the Pesach, that tells us that Moshe gave them a Torah, is written directly after the Tochacha in Parsha's Nitzavim, the, directly prior to this Parsha, and the major Tochacha in Parsha's Kisovo, which comes prior to Parsha's Nitzavim, that means the parshios of the last two weeks, which tell us in very graphic detail all the horrible things that will happen to Yidin if they don't stick with Hashem, if they don't keep his Torah, and if they don't keep the promises they made to keep it. So this Torah, by giving it to the Kohanim and giving it to the elders, to give to the rest of the Yidin, will be something that they will read in order to keep them from going in a way that they shouldn't. So this is not really reflecting the Kohain aspect of the Kohain, Kohain alone, pure Kohain, but rather the Kohain aspect as the Kohen is part of Shevat Levi. Similarly, with the lighting of the menorah, so we learn in the original Rashi that, that Abraham was weakened and he felt very, very distressed that he was not partic- able to participate or did not participate with the rest of the Jewish elders and leaders. And this Chol Shadato, this feeling of weakness or distress, is really a movement, a moment of tshuva. Now, how would Aaron come to that level? Well, he would have to be distressed about something that he had not done. So this is represented by the fact that he is part of Shevat Levi, the other dimension of Levi, that sometimes things may not be so perfect, and they have to be rectified. And therefore, his task was, to light the menorah. And from this menorah, we know, Hazal tell us that the light of this menorah would go out and illuminate the entire world based on the very famous uh, teaching that a little bit of light pushes away a lot of darkness. Start as it is, we can always push it away. And thirdly, the story of the argument of Korach, what happened, we learned that after this story was over and Hashem had resolved the issue for the Yidden and they were able to move ahead. Moshe had to take the matos, the stabs of the different Shvatim and what was the purpose of it? It was supposed to sort of nullify and rectify the sin of Korach as the posuk says right there when Moshe is told to take this and this will calm down, this will take away the passion of the Tlunos, of the complaints that the Jewish people have against me. So this was seen as a rectification of something and a purification of something negative. And therefore, the Kohanim, they're also called Kohanim B'nai Levi, because here, we're not discussing them as Kohanim, but they are part of Levi, which had this aspect that was able to lead to this vahloquist. On the other hand, the Rebbe concludes, the Kohanim and Aaron are the Shluchim, are the emissaries of Shevet Levi to actually carry out these three things that in some way were not so perfect because through this they accomplished what we accomplish through the doing of Tshuva. What happened here was by rectifying these things, the Iskafia, the bending of the bad Rectifying the Ra that represents the Levi aspect of the Kohain. And the Kohain himself, which is his hapcha, which is by absolutely transforming the bad to perfection. And this ultimately is what what we mean when we talk about is hapcha that it is possible through tshuva, through doing the right thing, to recognizing what's right, to transform darkness into light. And bitterness into sweetness, and then everything turns into absolute, complete, perfect good. To everybody.